praise the Lord. Okay, uh, let's look at um, <clears throat> this morning. We're going to start here in Psalm 139, but uh, we're just going to look at never alone. Because, I mean, you got difficulties and stuff that we go through and whatever, and then sometimes you wake up in the morning. I heard, uh, you know, like sometimes you wonder, oh, when you wake up, you wonder where you're at, you know. And, and But, you know, when you realize, praise God, I got God, you know. God's with me in the morning. He's with me at nighttime and all the time. And so let's see if these things are so. Oh, Psalm 139. You're going to see a lot of things in Psalm 139 that are very familiar. Let me close this and we'll get started here. Let me switch back to the, uh, to the well, let's stay in the King James just a moment. Uh, now, remember, these are, <clears throat> these are uh, prayers. If you'll notice, it can't be a guitar-picking song and we go, Oh, Lord. Now, we do that kind of stuff. Oh, Lord, how we worship your name. But this is really a prayer. He says, Lord, thou hast searched me and has known me. Thou hast known my downsitting and my uprising. Okay, we get it. Most of the time it's like, what are those words? Let's switch to the Living Bible just a minute. We've heard those being at church forever. Let's put this in the Living Bible and get it over into today's language a little bit better for us. Uh, let's watch this. Uh, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. Now, first off, how do you know that? Because remember, you remind yourself, he's God. And this is a prayer, and David saying, Lord, you know everything about me. And he does. And the first thing you want to consider is, I guess what he's saying is, God knows those secret things about you, you know. And he's not too happy about you. Listen, David already knows that. And he already knows God knows that. you got to remember, when Jesus came here, he didn't come around and just pointing everybody, you are full of sin. Remember the Bible says that he didn't come to judge the world. He didn't come to condemn it, but to save it. And it wasn't like, well, if you do this, you'll be saved. If you do this, you'll be saved. No, the answer was in John chapter 8, if you don't believe that I am he, you're going to die in your sins. We had to believe in Jesus Christ. He was the only way out. So, Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything. You know when I sit down or stand. Why didn't he say when I sin? He knows that. You're going to find out here that David, the reason he even bothered to write this down is because he loved the Lord. And why do we love the Lord? Just like 1 John says, we love him because what? He first loved us. Okay. So let's keep going. You know when I sit down or stand, when far away you know every thought. Now look at this. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Isn't that something? I know Marcus here was telling me he was a navigator on several of the airplanes that he flew and whatever. And isn't it great to know your navigator is not just Marcus, you know, even though you got somebody paid position and he and he's he's responsible for how many crew members did you have at one time? Like five or six? Yeah, and, and, and a lot of these were mission oriented too. It's not just charting, but where you're gonna drop the arms and stuff like that. So you gotta be right. But you've got God on your side. He's your navigator way ahead of the thing. Now watch this. Every moment you know where I am. Do you know he knows all of us are here this morning? You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You both precede and follow me and place your hand of blessing on my head. Now, I want to quote the King James, and I'll flip back to it. I think it says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. We've heard that if, if you've heard people mention Psalm 139. But verse 6 here in our language says what? This is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I know Melody calls me from down at Alabama fixing to take a test or whatever. 
And I'm not like sitting there going, God, I wish I was there with her. I don't know how she's going to make it. I'm not worried. Jesus is there. You know, praise the Lord. I mean, my kids, feel your kids, what are all of our kids where we just roll our burdens over on the Lord? Jesus is there. Watch this. This is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I can never be lost to your spirit. The King James, I think it says, where can I flee from your presence? Remember that? Where can I flee from your presence? How can I escape from you? Look at this. I never, uh, I can never get lost to your spirit. I can never get away from my God. Now notice it's not like, whoa, I can't get away from, oh, God's always just beating me up, telling me what a rotten person I am. Is this what this psalm is about? And, and don't think that David just had a real high, high career and all of a sudden the Bathsheba incident hit, you know, and then from then on out it was, uh, the Bathsheba event, you might as well consider that a lifetime of stuff going on in David's life. If you amplify one thing and then just say he was scarred from then on, you're missing out. David always knew he had mercy. He never pled with the Lord like, you know, I'm just so scum, you know, and, uh, and, and things are not going to be the same anymore. Sin is sin no matter what. You know, thy loving kindness is better than life. Anyway, this is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to heaven, you are there. <laughs> if I go down to the place of the dead, he's actually referring to hell. He said, you are there. If I ride in the morning winds to the farthest oceans, even there your hand will what? Guide me. Praise the Lord. Richard, you're just so good about this theatrics and stuff. Good at it. It's like I'm reading it for the first time. That's, what, that's the reason you get excited. I'm like, hallelujah. You know. And anybody that will take his word and do this, you do the same thing. I mean, Aaron could have got up here. What do you think it would have sounded like if Aaron did it? It'd been the same. He'd been like, oh, did you see this? You know? If I ride in the morning winds to the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. Well, what if God doesn't want to? We're staying with his word. He will. He will, and he does. <clears throat> Your strength will support me if I try to hide in the darkness. The night becomes light around me. Boy, I remember reading that scripture, and I've mentioned this before. I've been hunting before, and I don't like the dark any more than some other people do. And my flashlight went out in pitch black, and I am a long way from the car and a long way from my safety in the tree stand. <laughs> you know, once I'm off the ground, I'm like, I got it from here, Lord. You know, that's the way you kind of feel sometimes. You know, flashlights out. And I'll never forget, it was completely black, and I thought, I'll be a scaredy cat if I try to walk back. Plus, I'm not sure if I could figure out how to cross that creek. And I thought, I'm just going to keep going. And I, I just kept singing about the Lord. And I remembered this verse, even the darkness shall be as light. And I'll never, I'll never forget. It's the reason I mention it now. I got exactly, I acted like my flashlight was never out. I just said, in Jesus' name, I know where I'm going. <laughs> I had my gun loaded anyway. But anyway, but anyway I'm alright but even, even when you do that you can't see what's behind you so it's, but, anyway, but, but I'm telling you I got all and I was laughing when I was hooking up my tree stand because you got to have bolts and I immediately had that thought well your bolt you're going to drop the bolt and whatever and, I'm, mm -mm. and I got I remember when I finally got myself seated in there I could not feel have been more happy I'm like praise God I made it from way over there to right here where I automatically feel like I'm safe like I'd gotten back in my car and I went up my tree and I'm like I ain't going to bring a flashlight next time this is and it, because even the darkness shall become light around me <clears throat> 
For even the darkness cannot, uh, cannot uh, hide from God. You are, to you, the night shines as bright as day. Praise God. Darkness and light are both alike to you. Now remember, he referenced that not for, well, that's just God. No, he's the one guiding you. So that's how you don't separate yourself from, you know, from Jesus. It's like going around saying, God's able, God's able. You got to get beyond he's able. You got to keep reading the Bible and you'll understand, oh, he's able and he will. He will. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. So wouldn't you think if he made all those inner parts, he can keep them going? And he certainly didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm like, somebody gives me this or I buy this and I get it home and, hey, that thing's broke. What do I do? I can fix that. What do you think God can fix you to? And he will. He wants to. Immediately put yourself down on a child level. Would you help a child? Oh, oh, I help a child. We're God's children. You've got to remember that no matter what age you are, God still looks at you as a child and he wants to help you. That's why your faith is so important. Otherwise, you're like, well, he thinks I should have known better. I had this coming, whatever. And that's the reason I got in the car wreck. That's the reason my arms hurt. That's the reason my stomach, my back, whatever. And my eyes not working. Man, when I saw Jesus heal that one guy, and he, well, there's, there's two cases. One guy with a, that, was, that was healed, he said, can you, he asked him if he could see, and he said, well, I see people like trees. And Jesus touched him again, and he said, what do you see? And he said, oh, I see them all clearly now. God wants me to see clearly. And also when the guy with the withered hand, it was restored whole as the other. God wants both my hands, both my legs, both my eyes, everything about you working right. Anyway, he says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It's amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous. And how well I know it. Uh, let's see, the King James says, um, uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So see how that jumps off makes a little difference? Like fearfully. Well, it actually just means it's amazing. You know, praise God. You were there while I was being formed in utter seclusion. God didn't even know my name. Yes, he knew your name. Praise the Lord. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life. Whoa. And saw me before I was wait, we read before I began to breathe. Woo. Every day was recorded in your book. Book? Well, I don't know about this book stuff. Let me tell you, everything in civilization has been put down in a book. I'm not talking about spiritual books, but when people do things, they write them down, you know. So this is not far-fetched, you know. I have to write stuff down to remember some stuff at times, you know. I mean, we're always writing. So this is not far-fetched at all. Look at that. How precious it is, Lord, I realize, to realize that you are what? Thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. When I wake in the morning, like I was mentioning about, you are thinking of me. Now look at the bottom line. He mentioned all this stuff because what? He was facing a problem. He says, surely you will slay the wicked, Lord. Always bloodthirsty men. Be gone. They blaspheme your name. See, he was a king and he was up against assassination all the time. They blaspheme your name and stand in arrogance against you. How silly can they be? Oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I, be grie- shouldn't I be grieved with them? Yes, I hate them, for your enemies are my enemies too. But God will help you. He'll get you out. Let's go to uh, Psalm 16. 
Boy, I tell you, Psalm 139, I'm, wow. Never alone. Mm -mm. Look at Psalm 16. Same guy wrote this. I passed it right there. And like I say, these are prayers here. Let me switch to the King James and you'll see a little difference there. Uh, I kind of like the King James here, uh, right here on, uh, on, on this one. Start, he's, notice the word preserve me. Now, the Living Bible is going to say save me. And of course, you can immediately say, well, I'm going to heaven. He ain't talking about going to heaven. We get that one covered. This is great. Preserve me. He's talking about little problems you're going on uh, uh, in your life right now. Oh, so let's go back to the King, I mean the Living Bible just a moment. Watch this. This one's very short. Very short. Watch this. Save me, O God, because I have come to you for refuge. Is it that simple? Absolutely. I said to him, Lord, you are my Lord. I have no other help but yours. Mm. Can you count on the Lord? After reading Psalm 139, this ought to be a breeze. I mean, we ought to just know between here and wherever you're going in the next few minutes, though you're like Marcus and you get a little indicator on your high-tech car and it says low air or whatever, you're going to be fine. God knew the light was going to come on, you could say. God knows what I'm going to do in the next minute. God even knows what I'm going to say in the next few minutes. I'm going to say hallelujah. Well, yeah, you say hallelujah and you're thinking, God knew I was going to say that. You know, Well, th that's how close he is. And you feel like, hmm. That didn't agree with me what I ate, <laughs> but God made my inner parts, you know, whatever. And all. I mean, such knowledge too wonderful for me. So watch this. Save me, O God, because I have come to you for refuge. Well, he ain't talking about heaven. Something's going on here. I said to him, Lord, you, uh, you are my Lord. I have no other help but yours. Help for what? Psychological help. He just needs to, no. I want... The company of the godly men and women in the land. Uh, they are the true nobility. Uh, those choosing other gods shall be filled with sorrow. I will not offer sacrifices they do or even speak of the names of their gods. <clears throat> the Lord himself is my inheritance and my prize. He is my food and drink and highest joy. Wow. He guards. Look at this. And I tell you, you know... I don't lock my house all the time because I, I just can't keep up with it all the time. Did I lock it? Uh-oh. Did you lock the Mel, did you lock the house? Uh -oh. I don't even worry about it. You know the reason I'm not worried about it? Same thing with my car. I bought a lot of Christmas. <laughs> you take my Volkswagen somewhere and load it up with stuff. It's not really locked no matter what you look at. It ain't locked, you know. But I tell you what, I just know God protects us. <laughs> he will keep your stuff. He really will. And I try to keep stuff locked down, but I'm telling you, look what he says here. He guards all that is mine. He sees that I'm given pleasant brooks and meadows as my share. What a wonderful inheritance. I wonder when this is going to be. Oh, we just read it. It's now. It's now. I will bless the Lord who counsels me. He gives me wisdom in the night. He tells me what to do. You know, I was like, I tell you about that thing, that board under my bed. That was my problem. I get that silly board out from under my bed and my back, it quit hurting. I did it. Boom. There it was. Your rabbit's on the back porch, you know. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. And where was the rabbit? On the back porch. Praise God. Anyway, look at verse 8. I am always thinking of the Lord, and because He is so near, I never need to stumble or fall. Now, let me, let me show you that one in the King James. You'll, have, you'll remember this one in the King James Version. That's verse 8. Uh, let's see. Verse 8. 
I have set the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand that I shall not be moved. The Lord even quoted this one. The Lord said to my Lord, you are at my right hand. Why does he call him Lord? Jesus said, you know. Notice, I have set the Lord before me. He is at my right hand that I shall not be moved. Now, no matter what we're faced with, we should go out here going, okay, I know it looks bad, but praise God, I got the Lord with me. What other things do you know? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We know that. Oh, so let's go back to the Living Bible. So watch this again. Let me read it one more time. I've set the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Living Bible comes back and says in verse 8, uh, same thing, just different way to say it. I'm always thinking of the Lord, and because He's so near, I never need to stumble or fall. Heart, body, and soul are filled with joy. But we split that up sometimes. And the whole time, First Thessalonians chapter 5, that the Lord preserve your body, spirit, soul, your whole being, spirit, soul, and body. I mean, God's interested in all parts of you. You will not leave me <laughs> among the dead. <laughs> wow. You will not allow your beloved one to rot in the grave. Now remember, that was, this is prophesying, but David said it may be prophesying to you, but it's me. <laughs> he will take care of you right now. See, the book of Acts quotes this in chapter 2, I believe, or chapter 3, uh, talking about Jesus was not left in the grave. But he's actually talking about us. I mean, David was talking about him. You will not leave me among the dead. You will not allow your beloved one to rot in the grave. You have let me experience the joys. I mean, come on, God can't be this happy to us. Yeah, he is too. You will let me experience the joys of life and the exquisite pleasures of your own eternal presence. Man, I tell you, the days of unhappiness in Christianity are over with. I don't care what. I was even reading last night. Uh, he says, my peace I give unto you. And then he was also saying that my joy may be with you. God, do you want us to be happy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to Luke just a moment. Luke's gospel. Yep, I'm going to look at this. All right, look at Luke, uh, Luke 15. Uh, watch this. This is the leaving the 99, but I want you to see what happens here. Dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus' sermons. Now, don't they have something better to do? Well, there must have been something about Jesus. They must have read Psalm 139 or seen it in Jesus' eyes. Like Zacchaeus. I want to see this guy because he healed one of my friends the other day. And if he healed one of my friends, I know what a scum bucket he was. He'll heal me. And Zacchaeus, remember the wee little man? I mean, Jesus, when he saw him, he said, Zacchaeus, that's what's so cool. about Watch these things. When Jesus, they don't give him a flashcard and say, that's Zacchaeus, he's short. He's he needed no flashcards. Zacchaeus. And remember when Andrew brought to uh, uh, Peter, we found the Lord. He brings Peter to Jesus. As soon as he walks in the room in John chapter 1, Jesus says, thou art Simon. You shall be called Cephas. He knew his name. And then a few verses later, he does that with Nathaniel. How do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you underneath the fig tree. You're the Christ. You know, I mean, it's just stunning how close our Heavenly Father is to all, all the time. Dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus' sermons. But this caused complaints from the Jewish religious leaders. And the experts on the Jewish law. Boy, they weren't that big of experts. 
because he was associating with such, look at this, such despicable people. (laughs) Even eating with them. I am so glad Jesus loves you and I. What if we were despicable? Guess what? Jesus still loves us and he still eats with us. He didn't say, well, I'm not going to eat with Phil. I'm not going to eat with Richard. Uh Uh-uh. So Jesus used this illustration. If you had a hundred sheep and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the 99 others and go and into the wilderness, excuse me, and search for the lost one until you found it? And then wouldn't you joyfully carry it home on your shoulders? When you arrive, wouldn't you call your friends and neighbors to rejoice with you because you lost the sheep? I mean, your lost sheep was found. Let me translate this according to religious days. Well, man, when you found that sheep, I'd beat the crap out of it when it got home. And he would be, I mean, that's what we think God is. When God finds us, he's just going to just tear us up. You know, he's going to do this to us and whatever. And he hates us. But no, we just got through reading. Jesus was eating with the most despicable people in the world. The only people that were unhappy about it was the religious people. Gee. He said here they would have a, they would have a hoot nanny. And of course, this is when they say, you know, well, verse 7, in the same way, uh, heaven will be happier over one lost sinner who returns to God over the, the 99 who haven't strayed away. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> never alone. So even in this situation here, if you had 100 sheep and one of them went astray, guess where Jesus is? He's coming after you. He's coming after you. Praise the Lord. Where was he in this situation? Dishonest tax collectors, notorious sinners, often came to listen to Jesus' sermons. You got to believe Jesus was attracting them. (laughs) Caused many complaints because he was associating with such despicable people, even eating with them. Wow. Oh, let's go to, oh, get over here. Let's to John, just a moment. John's gospel, never alone. Watch what Jesus says about this in John chapter 16. Very last few verses here. Let me get to it here. All right. Uh, We'll start here. Uh, His disciples were finally starting to figure out that he was leaving and going to the Father and coming back. And so he says, do you finally believe this? He said, but the time is coming. In fact, it's here. Now, this was the night he was fixing to be betrayed. Judas has already left to go get the high priest at this point. Jesus just washed the disciples' feet. A lot of stuff was going on here. But the time is coming. In fact, it's here when you will be scattered, each one returning to his own home, leaving me alone. Wow. Poor old Jesus. Wait a minute. Jesus is a teachable moment here. He's going to teach us something here. Yet I will not be alone. And in light of Psalm 16, in light of Psalm 139, what about us? You know, for the Father is with me. I told you all this so that you will have peace of heart and mind. Now let's just hold up just a minute before we get it further. He said this so that we would have peace of heart. Well, he didn't have to tell us that God was going to be with him. Why do we need to know that? Because it works for us today. No matter what we're faced with, God is there for you and I. And he's going to do everything he said in Psalm 139. Don't just think he's there for a pat on the back. No, uh uh-uh. He's navigating. He's Marcus in the back of your airplane. He's navigating, praise God. Somebody's devoted to that task, you know. I'm sure the pilot's going on going, uh, I got a question. Marcus, you there? Marcus, yeah, I'm here. Are we on course? And Marcus says, right on track. Perfect. So I need to know. Keep going. Whatever. Or Marcus comes over and says, you need to turn left up here. Whatever. Heading one, two, five, zero. Whatever. No telling. 
But yet Jesus says, you guys are all going to leave. But don't worry. I will not be alone, for the Father is with me. I've told you all this so that you will have peace of heart and mind. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But cheer up, for I've overcome the world. Amplified Bible says, I've deprived it of power to harm you. Now, when he says, I've overcome it, remember the one that says, I've overcome it, is sitting right there with you, right here. I can't imagine he's at Melody's door here, Jesus is, and he says, I've overcome the world, and it doesn't affect her world. That's a bum deal. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, I ain't got time for you today. I got troubles. Jesus is like, no trouble. I'm with you. We're going to get out of this. Praise God. We are? Yeah. Hallelujah. One more spot here. And a couple more. Hold on one second. <clears throat> Book of Hebrews. Chapter 13. Uh, <clears throat> remember Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? Let's, that's verse 8. Let's catch that just a second. Jesus Christ is the same. Now, what? remember, he said, he, he just got through saying in John, the passage we were reading, just a few scriptures before that, he says, he said, they said, show us the Father, Philip did, and it will be satisfied. And Jesus says, I've been so long with you and you've not recognized me? And where was Jesus? Right there with the disciples. He was protecting them too. Uh, anyway, so Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right? Uh, now, look up here just in a moment. Uh, right above this. Uh, let me switch to the King James just a moment. Uh, King James. Look at this. Uh, for he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I, we, we have such a, and I know we, Lord be with me. Well, I'm telling you as a kid when you grew up and you're forced to go to English class all this time, be with me indicates he's not, but we want him to be with us. But the scriptures here tell us that the Lord is my helper and he'll what? He'll never leave you nor forsake you, so that you can boldly say. I mean, you ought to just take that away. We don't need, Yeah, but no, we need to boldly say, the Lord, every one of us, I, I, we have a pop quiz when we walk out this door, I should ask, well, is the Lord with you? And you, uh, you better believe He's with me. But we're like, well, I don't want to say that. I don't want to put God on the spot. We're not putting God on the spot. This is what He promised. And He says, I'm not fear what man shall do unto me. Okay, last one, we'll stop right here. The very end of uh, very end of Matthew, which uh, Jesus is fixing to go up into heaven, he says the exact same words, so we can't misunderstand this. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Remember that, you know. And then what does he say at the end? And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end. Psalm sixteen. What's he there for? David thought he was there. He said, "I've always set the Lord before me. He's at my right hand. I should not be moved." Living Bible says, "I'll never stumble. I'll never fall." Psalm 139, David just gets off in it thinking, oh, I can't even breathe without you knowing I'm fixing to breathe. <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, you're thinking about me, you know. That's the, the Psalm 139, the King James talking about the sands of the sea. Every grain of sand is a thought of you. Whew, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. My goodness. Jesus is going to take care of us. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed if we're not feeling good anywhere. And even folks that are not here with us today, Lord, I thank you. Make them all well. Same thing's true financially, Lord. If we're experiencing any kind of lack, you'll take care of that. 
And if we're facing any kind of giant like Goliath out there trying to mess with us or whatever, whatever problem doesn't make any difference. We'll just bless the Lord at all times and you'll get us out of trouble. So I didn't leave anything left for us to tell us how great you are to us and how great you think about people that are uh, out there that don't know you. And we can walk up to them and tell them, you know, Jesus knows your name. He loves you, too, just as much as he loves me. We just thank you for all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Well, amen. Amen.